Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And only Paul Doolan because unfortunately Dave Watson passed away in the early hours of this morning. <laughs> uh, no, Dave can't, Dave can't do it because the only thing he told us was that he's in, in York. So... It is pancake. Apparently, they don't day, have the so. internet, do they? There. Sorry about that, Paul. It's pancake day, and it's that, it's a very sacred day for Dave. Oh yeah, he's, he's always been big into pancake days. Yeah, I just did pancake day. Did you do pancakes? Today? Yeah. I think when you have a kid, you have to. There's no yeah. way, no way around. Did your child have pancakes for dinner? Well, she had dinner at school, and then pancakes. All right. I always forget your child goes to boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We skyped her. She's good. We'll see her in eight months. It's fine. Great. No, she goes to after school club. So, um, right. Okay. So Paul's child goes to after school club, as does mine. Mine doesn't get dinner after school club. Paul's child does. Okay. So that's. I that just want to say, I just want to say to the listeners, if you were worried Dave not being here would mean a lack of football insight, I think this intro <laughs> suggests you're probably right. Well, we said just beforehand, we we realised that we totally forgot this week to ask for uh, questions. Uh, We've hardly seen any of the games. We don't have Dave Watson to anchor us. This will either be the worst Newcastle Natter of all time, (laughs) all the best, and as Paul suggested, it may well even get get released on vinyl. Um, It'll be it's it, it may be a Newcastle Natter for Newcastle Natter purists. Yeah. Um, those who like pure shite. Um, so uh, let's talk about uh, the football because that is what we are ostensibly here to do. Since the last uh, podcast, which I didn't appear on, uh, the last podcast that was recorded was after the Everton game, which we won 3-1. Since then, we've had Villa. We won it, 1-0. Then we were away at West Ham, Champions League contenders, 1-1. And then we were away at Brentford, which we won 
2-0. We're, we're on an incredible run of form, aren't we, Paul, when you consider where we came from? We were unbeaten in seven, and we've, we've gone... I think we broke a club record for the most goals conceded in a calendar year for 2021. And now we've got the joint best defence in the Premier League for 2022. But we've conceded three goals in is it six or seven games. But we've, we just seem to have completely fixed our defence. It's amazing. And only, well, Trippier's injured now. Uh, so Trippier was there. Trippier seemed like our best signing, didn't he, a few games ago? And maybe he still is. He, he was certainly felt like the signing who had the biggest influence on the squad. Yeah. And Dan Burns been introduced to the defence. But there's something else going on, isn't there? It's it's not just additions to the squad. Well, it's odd because it, if you look at the sort of the stats, you could easily look at that and think, well, transfer window, we've bought our way out of trouble. But you look at who our best performers have been recently. It's been Joe Linton, it's been Willock, it's been Fraser, Shelby. They're all players who weren't really performing before. And it just seems to have clicked for all of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's for how Eddie Howe has been in for he'd been in for a fair bit before this this run of form. So, you know, maybe it's a case of him finally it, it's it's a combination of a few things, right? It's his his way of doing things and it is 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 starting to bear fruits, presumably. Yeah. I think when you're trying to change like the way a team plays as well. You can do all you want on the training pitch, but until it starts getting results, you're not really going to have the bulk of the players believing in it. And it just, it feels like we've got that momentum now. It's going to be quite hard to stop. I feel like it feels like that the the transfer window also just gave the squad a boost. And then once we'd, well, we we beat Leeds before... So basically, our last really bad result was the loss to Cambridge. Yeah. And then we had a 1-1 draw against Watford. So that's pretty bad when you consider where Watford are now. Yeah. But then we we beat Leeds 1-0, which I watched with you, and that felt amazing just to see us win a game. And do, which do you if you look just... at Leeds' recent results, beating them 1-0 may not really be much to write home about. No. But, you know, maybe what actually turned it around is we went to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Could well be. Maybe that was it, Paul. Well, um, they do. It does seem to be a very close squad. And that probably did have some impact. And that's maybe why it was all... done for football reasons only, as Eddie Harris yeah. said. Well, maybe all, our, all their families were threatened. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Could be it could have been a shakedown at the Hilton. So let's talk about... Should we do this through the medium of talking about the Brentford game, which you actually watched? Or should we talk about just in general? I, was thinking I, think, I think in general, all there is to say really is everyone's looking better. Everyone seems to have a plan. Thanks to... Burn especially, but also share being partnered with him. We're able to play a lot higher up, and we're just 
our defenders and our keeper aren't having to do as much defending and goalkeeping as they did for the first half of the season. We're just a bit more in control of games. We're still not... It's easy to look at the results and think, oh, we're actually playing quite silky football now. We're not really. We're we're playing effective football. A lot of it's kind of set-piece based. But I think the next stage for us is getting Bruno in more and just being a bit cannier with possession. Well, we'll talk about Bruno, who we refuse to say his second name because we can't yeah. remember how to pronounce it. We'll talk about Bruno in a minute. I'm, I want to offer up the a candidate for the most dramatically improved player under the tenure of Eddie Howe, and that would be Ryan Fraser. Yeah, I think it's him or Joel Linton. But I think Joel Linton, even though it's not a popular view, I think had started to improve under Bruce as well. But Eddie Howe's the one who played him as a central midfielder and has got him just looking like he's played his whole career in that position. But yeah, Fraser just seems fitter now. If you look last season, he just looked knackered every game. Now he's still closing down the last 10 minutes of games. Looks like a completely different player. Well, there was the interview where Brian Fraser didn't want to say exactly why uh, he hadn't played so well under the previous managership. But, you know, it was pretty obvious he kind of did the same against after the Brentford game as well. It's like, I don't want to say what I keep saying, that the, <laughs> new, the new manager has made us all much fitter and is playing us in right positions. If you remember under Bruce as well, he was sort of saying, well, I'm going to have to train as a number eight then. If that's what I'm going to have to play, then train me how to play there. It was quite a sort of passive aggressive interview because he just wasn't being played in his right position. Interesting. He seems a lot more like the player we signed now. Yeah. The player we thought we'd signed. And I guess as well, when we signed him, he'd missed the end of the last season because of his contract problem. So he never, he wasn't really up to fitness when he got going. Sort of kind of similar to Joe Willock at the start of this season. But Brian Fraser, I, I thought, a couple of months ago, I thought, I mean, he was basically just done as a, yeah, the league footballer. I thought that was just one of them players who's never going to do anything in the Premier League again. It's, it's just gone for him. But now he's he's undroppable, really. Yeah, I think what's good at the minute as well is that Wilson gets injured, and you just think, where are the goals going to come from? Trippier starts stepping up goals. He gets injured. Where are the goals going to come from now? Willock and Fraser start hitting form. Even Joel Linton scored, which is, I don't know, is it worrying? <laughs> so our last, uh, Joe Willock was our last, not Joe Willock, Joe, Joe Linton mm. was our last £40 million signing. And uh, we signed him as a striker. And he had, what, how long has he been with us? Three years? Well, since Bruce arrived, so... Two and a half years. Yeah. Been here two and a half years and has, for most of that time, sometimes made friends. I don't think he's been a hated player, but, like... No, he he seems... He's generally generally been an awful signing. Um, Yeah. and, and, And now, just as soon as we sign our next £40 million player... He can't get in the side 
because Joe Linton has moved position and is now <laughs> the player that we think we've signed in, Bruno. But I think as well, if you'd said at the start of this season, we're going to sign one of Europe's most promising midfielders, but he just won't be able to get in the team because Shelby, Willock and Joe Linton are playing too well in the engine. <laughs> it is mad. That I think Willock's another important one. I was reading, I don't know if you saw, I don't know if it was Luke Edwards in the Telegraph, talking about Willock at the start of the season was struggling to settle a bit in the area. He kind of moved to, I think he moved to kind of quite a rural area to avoid the distractions of living in the city centre and was struggling to adapt to that and not being in London. And then just got really distracted by arable farming. <laughs> yeah, now he's just a smallholder. And it's, he's promising every week he's going to score for his pigs. He's <laughs> getting up at four every morning to milk the cows. <laughs> but I think Eddie Howe apparently has played quite a big part in making sure he's okay. I think there's there's a level of player welfare. And Bruce was popular with the players, so I don't think that's anything particularly against him. But I think Howe has a bit of a reputation of going above and beyond for the players. Well, Bruce was popular with the players in the way there's two different kinds of popular teachers. There's the the teacher who comes in pissed after lunch and just says, oh, just do what you want. (laughs) (laughs) And they're popular in a certain sort of way. And then there's the teacher who's popular because they inspire you and drive and drive you to achieve what what you're capable of. I think Bruce was the teacher who would wheel in a TV on a trolley, stick grease on, and tell you, and tell you it's relevant to English history, and do their football betting for the weekend. Yeah, but you're not, you're not going to stand roll, on your desk. roll cigarettes. You're not going to stand on your desk and shout "Captain, my captain!" for that teacher. But they are popular. You'll look forward to their lessons. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um right this is this is going to be such a freeform podcast should we go should we just have a break now because there's no fucking rhyme or reason to it it's just been yeah. a this is like jazz this is just like freeform jazz we'll we'll have a break now and then i don't know i suppose we'll we'll try and talk quite specifically about the brentford game and then i don't know maybe we'll just like read some of our poetry and stuff and, <laughs> and whatever you tear shit up. All right, see you after the break. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Good break, Paul. Very good. Good. So, um, yes, our, our, our last game was against Brentford. I didn't see it because I was in Exeter Cathedral. Again. Again, yeah, I went down to Exeter for work reasons. Um, I was in Exeter Cathedral, and um, someone sent me a DM on Twitter, which really pissed me off. And then um, we beat Brentford. <laughs> was it the Bishop of Exeter saying, get out of my cathedral? I did actually manage to see the last 15 minutes of the game, thinking about it. Managed to see, maybe I saw the last 20. Managed to see Bruno coming on. 
I watched the whole game and probably shouldn't have because I was at my in-laws. <laughs> I just went upstairs and watched it. I think that's allowed. You're, you're not trying to impress anymore. You've been on the scene for a long time now. Bob. Yeah, it's true. I gave um, them a grandkid. They can chill out. <laughs> just, just chill the fuck out, Jan. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Um, so, uh, yes. I'll, I'll, why don't you tell us about the game? Considering you watched the whole ninety minutes, well, we were fairly on top from the start. But I think the the biggest moment in the first half was the sending off. I don't know if you've there was De Silva doing what I think you'd have to call a leg breaker on Matt Target. The foul was given against Matt Target. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what Mike Dean saw, but luckily VAR actually got involved and he had to go and look. I think once they go and look at the screen as well, it has to get overturned. But it it was a definite red card. I think Thomas Frank, even, I don't know if you saw him after the game talking about it. His defence was like, it seemed random, which... If that's your defence against a red card, you you can pretty much guarantee it was deserved. No, it was it was a definite red card for me. It was a sort of um, it was. Uh, I, I think it's the sort of thing that I would do if I found myself in a football match, which is to say, it was a it was a coward's move. Yeah, I don't do even know if it was a deliberate stamp. I think he was putting his foot down to kind of shield the ball but you still have to look where you're putting your foot down you can't just yeah but I think he was sort of protecting himself yeah the ball but yeah it's it's a it's a definite red yeah I can't Um, tell you what a tackle I would do would look like in the Premier League because I don't think I'd have the fitness levels to get close to the ball it was really on early on in the game yeah it was 11 minutes that first 10 minutes, do we look like the better side? Yeah, we were still the better side. It's sort of, it felt like all the recent games, really, where you just think we're not, we're not pe- pegged back with five players at the back, just desperately hoofing the ball out. We, again, we look like we've got a plan. Doesn't mean we'd necessarily have won it, but I, we looked the better team. And I would have been surprised if we hadn't at least drawn, if it had stayed just... 11 v 11. It's just more dynamic, isn't it? When we're just we're seeing more often that we are we're just winning. I, I think right from the start of the Howe era, I, I felt like we we won a lot more 50-50s. We just yeah, everyone's just fitter. We're pressing more, and we we're occasionally stringing passes together. There were a few Olay moments. I think you can count on one hand the number of times we've had that this season. I think you can count on one finger. You're going to say in the last ten years. Yeah. But so many players for us. With I think they were sort of, I'd sort of written them off as Premier League footballers. John Joe Shelby. Yeah, completely transfer. Just looks fit again. I mean, you look at Shelby the last few seasons. He's always looked knackered. He's always hands on his hips, sort of for some reason leaning down. Like he's talking to Oliver Twist. <laughs> but now yeah. he just like gets to the end of 90 minutes, doesn't look like he's breathing out of his ass. Same with all of them. Fabian Scher as well. I think well, we'll talk about him with Willock's goal, but he's looked transformed too. We just have actual decent ball players in the team now. 
Well, the first goal uh, came courtesy of, of Joe Linton, who looked uh, very happy with it, didn't he? Yeah. I think what it came from as well, Target and Fraser, for quite a lot of the build-up to that and quite a lot of the game, but especially around then, were just, they had the the freedom of that side of the pitch. We're, all our attacks were coming down that side and they were, like Wood had a very good chance as well. It sort of feels like he probably should have scored. But I felt like find... he, he didn't do badly with it though. It wasn't a... No, Wood's useful for yeah. us at the minute. I wouldn't say he's been great, but he. I think if we had Dwight Gale instead of him up front, then we would be a worse team. But I you agree. sort of think as well, as a striker, you you do need to chip in with goals. And he is getting chances now that he probably wasn't in the earlier games. Well, here's the thing. With Fraser at a target on the left, with St. Maximin out of the side, that it sort of showed that we've got, we've got other ways of, of, we've got so many different ways of attacking a team now that don't involve St. Maximin. Yeah, they're just doing their sort of traditional left winger, left back kind of a way relationship. I don't know how much of that is going to happen with Saint Maxman and Target, but well, I think they've already looked fairly decent together when they played. What was the game before the Villa one? That would have been Leeds, wouldn't it? Or was it Everton? I think Everton. They looked decent together there. I think as well, Fraser looked really good with Trippier before on the right. There was a really good understanding between the two of them. But it, it just feels like if a key player's out for us, the plan isn't let's just stick to what we were doing anyway. There's like there was a concerted effort to get it down our left rather than relied on Emil Kraft and Jacob Murphy. And it paid I'm off. Really, I'm really worried this is an awful podcast, Paul, because it's just so positive. <laughs> it doesn't often happen. And Dave, normally, I would say, the more positive. But we're yeah. we're unbeaten in seven. We're 14th in the league now. And I think there's been a few times this season where we didn't think that was possible. And we've just got a team of really, really nice people, seemingly, that have just started all performing really well. We've got competition for every slot in the team. Even Emil Kraft looked good. <laughs> it's so odd, isn't it, in so many ways? Because, like, in one sense, we spent the most money of any club in Europe in January. Yeah. So if you look at those bare facts, then that just seems sort of obvious. But half of that money was on one player who hasn't started because if we've, as we've already said, Joe Willock, John Joe Shelby, and Joe Linton have turned into the best <laughs> midfield thrusters <laughs> in the Premier League. It's just, I think so this the only what... thing that would be madder is if like Jeff Hendrick was one of <laughs> But I think that's what's going to happen over the like the rest of this season and next year as well. We're sort of like a middle-aged woman who's left a really toxic marriage and now people are treating us with a level of decency that's normal to other people and it's just baffling us. <laughs> we just don't know how to deal with it. That's a bit like I visited my girlfriend's family 
recently and uh, her sister's just come out of a... I'm, I'm just saying this freely because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that her sister doesn't listen to the Newcastle now. Her sister's just start after out. this. <laughs> her sister's just come out of a what we'll call a toxic relationship. I, I did the washing up last night. Apparently her sister mentioned it like eight times. <laughs> I was just so happy. I can't believe folks did the washing up. I think Eddie Howe is doing the washing up. Yeah, that's what's happening. Footballing way. And it's... Because as well, it's not... If you look at what happened with the takeover and what fans were saying, Newcastle fans were expecting, we've got Dan Byrne and Matt Target brought in. I know. (laughs) Which we couldn't love them more already. That's the thing. We did spend a lot of money, but most of that money, or half of that money, went on a player who's not starting. The other players are like Chris Wood, Matt Target, Dan Byrne. Yeah. And yes, Trippier, who is an experienced and highly rated right back, but he's a right back. Do you yeah. know what you, you can't to, I mean, Trippier has, I didn't get a chance to talk about the Everton game. Trippier has, it's, it's such a shame that he's injured and I'm so happy that it doesn't seem to be affecting our performances dramatically yet. But he, he, he's such a captain, isn't he? Yeah, he seems like the key. Him and Byrne, I think, are the the biggest signings we've made because they one completely changes the ethos around the club and the standards among the players, and the other one makes us able to play a much nicer brand of football and not have to be on the back foot. So and what you've seen of what you've seen of Bruno so far. This was the Brentford game is the most we got to see of him. We saw about 20 minutes of him, I think. Yeah. What do you reckon of what you've seen of him? He's exciting. I think every game he's been involved in, considering the amount of time he's been on the pitch, he's always had one really direct through ball, almost played onto the laces of a striker that I don't think any of our other three midfielders are capable of. Like Shelby, Shelby has the art odd, amazing sort of 50-yard pass out to one of the flanks. Joel Linton and Willock are more capable at running with the ball. He looks able to handle it under pressure and recycle it easily and just retain the ball. I think a lot of how you like can enjoy a footballer, at least I do, is like, it's to do that with their sort of like um, posture. That, yeah. that, that, so Shelby's got kind of can be a really lovely player to watch, but in terms of posture, he's got sort of the worst. He's got body. real teenager who hates his stepdad posture when he's on. Yeah, the field. and even when he's doing something good on the pitch, his just style of playing is it, it looks um, it looks lazy. Yeah, he's not necessarily being lazy. Yeah, I think that's Bruno. Fair. I would say is like. The total opposite of that is like he just seems so sort of dynamic and I don't know, it's like I went to see Ronnie O'Sullivan play snooker live once. This is my thing now, comparing Newcastle players to to, <laughs> to players from completely different sports. <laughs> I went to see Ronnie O'Sullivan play live. I saw him twice, and he just sort of, like in a way you don't appreciate on TV. He just sort of attacks the snooker player. Yeah. Attacks player. He's ta- he just attacks <laughs> he attacked the, other player. the player. No, he attacks the. T- the table like it's just really like 
it's really like aggressive the way he gets down for a shot. It's just really like yeah. full, like uh, I don't know. He's just very sort of. But it's that mixture of a lot, having a lot of natural talent and being bored by being average. So just attacking it and being like, let's get this over with. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, we've got Ron- we've got Ronnie O'Sullivan, and he can't even get a game. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and he's 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 young, isn't he, Bruno? Is he like twenty four? Something like that. Something like that. He's definitely. He's gonna, he's, I mean, the fixture congestion we've got coming up. He's going to get games, and he's going to get starts soon. But it's a very nice position for us to be in. As, as we, I think as we keep having to repeat, he's been kept out of the team by Shelby, Joel, Linton and Willock. Willock, I mean, who scored as well, two in two now after his drought. At what stage do we... Um, does he get a start just to keep him happy? Because I, I think so. Well, I think we've got three games coming up in a week soon possibly four in 10 days, depending on the result of the Crystal Palace game that's on as we record this. So I don't think it will be a start to keep him happy. I think it'll be a start because players are knackered. And there are certain teams where we'll probably want his style of play more. That's the, I don't feel like we're in a position now where it's just going to be, <coughs> here's what we think is our 11 best players. Let's pick them. I think... There's a bit more thought going into how to unlock whoever we're playing. What's the best 11 for them? Well, I suppose now, I mean, we're not just going to keep winning games to the end of the season, are we, surely? But now there's a lot of confidence in the side, so that means you would imagine in the squad that there's an understanding if you're not playing. You know, there's a, Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier to take if you're watching those games and the team hasn't lost since you came in. And you can also, it would be different if he'd come from another Premier League club, I think. But because he's coming to a new league, you'd have to be pretty unreasonable. Yeah, I'm sure he's personally frustrated, but you also can't come around and swing your dick around. No, but I think as well, it's it seems to be getting the most out of the current midfielders. Like Shelby, Shelby now knows if he gives away a silly red card, he's not getting straight back in the team when his suspension's finished, like he has at every other period. He sort of shows as well how it's easy to get bogged down in... I, I, I do think we... we Fans in general, we don't learn this often. Like, I, I think it's very unlikely that what's going on now would have happened under Bruce. But... Last season, we did suddenly go, like, later than this. We suddenly went on an amazing run of form, mm. which completely changed everything. Yeah. But a month or six weeks ago, every game, the build-up was like, up for a lot of people, was like, if we don't win this, we're going down. Yeah, there were a lot of games that if we didn't win, we're going down, that we then didn't win. Yeah. And it's like, well... Obviously, that's not the case because that game is only three points and there's still like fucking 60 points to play for or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a, obviously, that's not the case, but we don't sort of learn that lesson. And now It's very hard to look at a league in the context of a total season, really, isn't it? 
Yeah. Like, who would be more happy with their season, Brentford or Newcastle? We're above them now, but you would have said at the start, they would have gone into this season thinking, let's just avoid relegation. But because of the start they've had, they're probably now more worried about going down. Yeah. It's and changing. Yeah, so Brent, Brentford Football Club are probably now currently in a bad mood because they're 15th in the Premier League. Yeah. Whereas us, Newcastle United, have just spent the most money in the whole of Europe and were absolutely delighted on that cloud fucking nine that we're 14th. Yeah. <laughs> but it's context. Neither point is invalid. It's just the yeah. context of what's happened. It's just football. It's just crazy, isn't it? It's bloody mad. One thing I want to uh, say about Joe Willock's goal as well yeah, is the assist from a bafflingly far forward Fabian Cher, who I assumed at the time was Chris Wood. Yeah. We were, we were defended a corner. Weirdly, Brentford seemed to approach corners the way we have in a lot of our recent history of looking like they're going to concede a goal as soon as they have one. And this is just a really quick counter-attack. But it was a long ball played out from the back. And Cher was sort of furthest man forward. Managed to get the wrong side of his marker and then played a beautiful through ball to Willock, who I don't think finishes it so well if it's two weeks ago. Definitely. Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of confidence. Now, Joe Willett, isn't he? He's a lovely finish. But now it's that thing of when you're on the break, isn't it? When you're on the break, you can end up with uh, players in odd positions. Yes. Yeah. But you also think, like, defending a corner, you would have thought Cher would be in the box. But then I guess Chris Wood's probably more dangerous there. Right. And Cher, <laughs> Cher looks a a better link-up striker than Wood has so far, which is harsh. No, it's great. And it was another case of, which we haven't done since the Everton game, and which I watched but didn't participate in the podcast for. And, but that was just an amazing feeling to be two goals up. Yeah. And it was the same against Brentford. To be two goals up, goals up at half-time and they've got 10 men, and to basically feel the whole game like we should win and and we actually are going to win. <laughs> I think you just watch the game differently. All the, again? You watch the game differently when you're up by more than one goal. I think all the the normal stress of watching this team... I saw the odd person on Twitter just being like, we're, we're against 10 men and we're still under the cosh here what's going on but that was a minimal level of outrage which for Twitter is as good as it gets we just were in complete control oh this is just unbearably positive (laughs) well um, yeah okay well our next game is against (coughs) it's against uh, Brighton this Saturday another three o'clock kickoff we're at home uh Let's just have a look at where Brighton are. Brighton are 10th in the table. They've lost their last three games. They just lost 3-0 to Burnley, didn't they? Yeah. So, seems like a good time to be playing them. I didn't realise they were as high as 10th, 10th, but they're obviously on the 
they're not Burnley are currently that. losing in the league with 10 minutes to go right well, we we have uh, we've got a bad record against Brighton don't we yeah we've not I don't think we've won at the Amex definitely not in the league but this is at St James's I I think was it last season when Lamptey completely tore us apart and then yeah they, was, they never seem to win a game by more than one goal unless it's against us but I can't yeah. see that happening this time uh, okay do you want to give a prediction for score I'm going to go another two goal victory I'm going to go 3-1 3-1 three, one. Three, one. it's tempting I'm going to sp- I, I'll say I'll say 2-0 ah. it's just God, this is weird <laughs> I don't know. Should we just try and bring the mood down by talking about the politics again? Yeah, why And not? don't forget we're evil. <laughs> don't forget this all happened because... No, I won't do that for you. No. Literally... Although Chelsea fans are currently getting a taste of the uncertainty that could well come our way at some point. Who knows? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, we'll see about that. But you know, we're at this at the moment. We're in that, like we say, everything's in context, right? So yeah. We're in the, at the moment, we're like the happiest fans in football because we're 14th. But pretty soon, we're going to be expecting the, Eddie Howe to do the washing up every day. That's not yes. going to be enough. He's going to have to start hoovering. Suddenly. Yeah. He's not going to be able to just talk about not being the last guy. This is probably the last time for a long time that we will be happy with being 14th in the Premier League. <coughs> I kind of, I don't, I feel like we're going to miss this in some ways. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because now you'd have to say this might be very smug and things might turn again. But you'd have to say now, I don't think any of us is really thinking about relegation as a particularly likely outcome. No. Is that- is that, no, is that really naive? I think relegation isn't necessarily avoided, but I think the form we're in and the, just the performances is enough to make you think it's unlikely. It would I think not just the performances, but the performances missing three or four key players in some of these games. We're still getting not just points, but wins. It would have to be another massive change in form in the other direction. Yeah. I would have thought when you consider our next two games of Brighton and Southampton, to be first, Southampton are pretty good. Um, but the weird thing now is that I'm looking forward to us playing the bigger teams. Like we've got Chelsea coming soon. I'm genuinely looking forward to that game in a way I don't think I have for years. So I actually want, I feel like we can test ourselves against a higher calibre of club now. I feel like we'll have. We'll have more of a plan for how to play them. Mm, I wonder if we can get tickets for that. It, mm. Hey, Newcastle fans, if you can get us tickets for that, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm, presu- I'm sure we're sold out. But away, oh, it's season every ticket. game is sold out. A minute, it's season ticket holder sale now for Stamford Bridge. Do you want to DM us at Newcastle Natter or you can DM me at Fergus Craig 
and you are a season ticket holder with 40 points, but you don't want to go down for the Newcastle game at Stamford Bridge, then do let me know. You're just looking at the dates, Paul, to see if you can do it as well, aren't you? <laughs> Surely. But the other news as well is Crystal Palace beat Stoke in the FA Cup, so we've at least avoided that fourth game in crazy succession. Okay. Um, so, uh, right. That's it's just been so smug, this podcast, isn't it? So, there's something else I wanted to say? Can't remember. Yes, I was going to say, yeah, we were talking about this might be in a weird way as good as it gets because at the moment, everything seems to be up. We are like absolutely delighted by things like beating Brentford. Mm. Um, whereas presumably next season, after spending another, whatever, 50, 100 million, we're going to start wanting more and, and yeah. a bit more. A bit more um, but then the mad thing to think is still even though all other fans of other Premier League clubs will be thinking it because of who our owners are, I still can't get my head around the idea of regular European football being expected, which with the money we've got, it, the, there will be a point where that is expected. And if we're not getting regular European football, then a manager will be sacked. But that might be longer off than... I would imagine that'll be within the next five years. Five years? You're talking about Europa? Yeah, yeah. Or Champions I mean, League, yeah. Thought, but I'm saying next next season, I don't think we can walk into next season assuming we're going to get, like, top eight. Don't know. Don't know. Might do. It de- it'll depend who we sign, but I think we'll be... We're a much more attractive proposition to top players now. Mad times, Paul, mad times. Crazy. And we might still get relegated this season, in which case this would be a hilarious episode to listen back to. <laughs> that is the thing. We could still get relegated, couldn't we? We've got 25 points. We've still got Burnley away on the last day of the season. We've got Norwich away to come. We've got Palace, Everton, Southampton, Brighton, just naming teams we've got to play. Surely we've got enough to get the points. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much. This podcast has felt very wrong to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll have a loss to talk about on the next one. But um, thank you very much in the meantime to Paul Doolan. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. Thank you. Goodbye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.